0: This is Hannibal here from TheHannibalTV.com and World Class Pro Wrestling. I'm also a reporter for them, and today we have none other than the owner of World Class Pro Wrestling, Gary the Boss Bostick, and James Beard, the legendary official who is now joined World Class Pro Wrestling. Uh, will be coming on the podcast bit later too but uh, how you doing Jerry I understand you had a bit of a workout earlier today
1: yeah I'm doing great uh you know I referee basketball too so uh, that's always fun it's it's good to spend time with the kids and and hang out I love basketball obviously I'm a huge Lakers fan uh, basketball could be going better for us this year hey there's James how's it going man
2: I'm here yeah 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 how you doing man <laughs>
1: Man, great. We're excited to have you tonight. Thank no, you for coming on.
2: Happy to be here.
1: Happy to have you as a part of the company, too, for sure.
2: Well, uh, it's it's, uh, it's exciting, I tell you. It's a uh, you know, it's sort uh, of kind of like going home a little bit. For me. You know? <laughs> it is, right, yeah. in a sense. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah.
0: Long history with world-class pro wrestling. Right. Uh maybe you could just fill us in on some of your accomplishments, James, for those that may not have uh <laughs> Seeing you, maybe watching in other areas, but obviously the Texas fans are very familiar with you for all your years as a referee and and other duties in in wrestling.
2: Well, uh, you want me to toot my own horn? Okay, i, I can't. toot it loud. Toot it loud. Uh, well. I, you know, I started out as a referee, that's true, and, and I got I got lucky early on and, and, and ended up with a good deal in Japan and, and worked over there for several years, and, and that really led to a lot of opportunities for me, I, and I ended up in, in the, uh, the booking side of things as far as handling talent and 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 um, working with developing matches and 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 just the whole whole spectrum is the creative side of of wrestling so uh it really kind of led to a lot of good things for me that that whole experience in japan and then and and of course that fed to things here in the in the united states and and uh, worked with the world class with uh, global USWA before that and the global all that in the sportatorium worked in the sportatorium till it closed and. Uh, um, and of course, I worked uh, with NWA and and. Uh, um, just a number of the of USWA, a number of, a number of promotions over the years. But uh, I've been very fortunate. It's been a good ride and, and uh, you know I, I, I feel like I still have a little bit left to offer and I want to try to do that to, that to the best of my ability with, with world class. I'm, I'm excited about it.
1: We have no doubt that you still have a lot to offer. We're very happy to have you. So whenever you were growing up, most of us in the wrestling business were huge wrestling fans.
2: Was that you too? Were you a huge fan growing up? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I, remember watching wrestling on a, I'm going to date myself now on an old black and white TV, you know, and then we, we lived about 90 miles from Dallas, close to Tyler. And, uh, um, we watched it whenever, whenever, whenever the reception was good enough to watch it anyway, back in, the, back in those days, they, they, uh, they had a studio show on, on channel four, I believe it was. And, and then, and then of course the Saturday night show that was taped at Northside Coliseum and, uh, uh, and, and then later on, of course, the, the world-class thing and, and, and uh, that was shown on Sunday mornings that, that, that became so popular. But yeah, I, I was a big fan as a kid, and just like all of us were. And, and, uh, and my folks took me to the sportatorium for the first time. I think I was probably maybe eight or nine years old, or something like that. And I, I got to see uh, um, uh, Danny McShane and. and uh, bull curry and red bastine and and uh oh, i can't remember all the guys that were on that card the first time but but you know something the funny thing about it is it's a lot of those guys i got to know later on and that that's exciting too that's a wonderful thing about this business
1: yeah you know i can definitely relate it's uh it's almost surreal in a lot of senses to grow up watching these people yeah and then later on in life get a chance to work with them
2: yeah, it it's, really is.
1: Uh, it's definitely a blessing. I don't know about you, but I always think to myself, you know, like I've always, you know, I feel like I've been blessed so much with, in wrestling to do the things that I've done way more than I ever even thought possible, you
2: know? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's just a dream come true. You know, I I, uh, the, I remember the first time I stepped in the Sportatorium ring, Yeah, I was like, wow. <laughs> you know, I can't I'm, even imagine. <laughs> I'm, I'm here doing something that I, I just used to play like I was doing back when I was a kid, you know, and. And uh, it was it was very exciting and, and and humbling at the same time. So, who trained you to be a referee? Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I, yeah. I was I was playing music in the Dallas area, and I got to know some of the guys, and and. Uh, um, Talking to them, they they found out I had a little bit of a clue. Some of them did, and and uh, Bruiser Brody was one of those guys. And and uh, basically just said, you know, hey, you know, you know how you teach somebody how to swim when you throw them in the water and tell them they, you you know, swim or drown. Well, that's kind of how I learned. And uh, honestly, I I learned more by listening than I did anything else. Uh, I I paid attention. You know, I I had I kind of had a, a clue about wrestling. As, as I watched it from a different perspective, I think than maybe just being a fan for a long time, and I'm sure you did the same thing, and and Absolutely. and and I, I kind of had a clue about things, and 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 that was obvious to them, I guess, and 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 once when they kind of convinced me to give it a little try, I, I it was just a natural feel for me. I felt really comfortable in the ring. I, uh, maybe part of that was because i had been in music and the front guy, and and. And I wasn't afraid of being in front of people, and that was part of it. And the other part was just, you know, I'd been in athletics, too. And, and uh, I just, just felt really, really natural in that ring. And, and um, so I just learned on the fly. I, you know, I learned, I learned by paying attention, by shutting up and listening and, and uh, uh, trying to do things the right way. And, and that, that, that's how I learned. I didn't, have a, I didn't really have a trainer. You know, I, 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 all, all those guys were my trainers. You know, they really were. So
1: whenever you first first broke in, you mentioned Bruiser Brody. Who were some of the guys that helped you at first to get into
2: it? Uh, A- Akbar, uh, Gary Hart, uh, Red Bastine, uh, Johnny Valentine. All those guys were, were kind of my mentors. Um uh, and, and, you know, they, they would give me advice and, and, and a lot of it was just listening to what they were saying. I didn't I didn't go to them and just say, hey, how do you do this or what? And they just they just listened to them talking sometimes. And I pick up on things, you know, and then riding in the car with guys like Akbar or something, you, know, you, you just you can't help but learn something. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, I really learned more of what not to do and what to do in, in many cases, <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, it, it, uh, it was, a it was really a, 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 unique process for me. I never had any kind of formal training whatsoever. It just, it was just an, it was a feel thing. And, uh, and, and luckily for me, it worked out that, uh, it was, a it was a fit and, and, uh, evidently I did some things right. So. I guess opportunities came my way, and especially the deal in Japan. Uh, uh, Kendo Nagasaki, who who, uh, Kazu Sakurada was his real name, Uh, he was a big part of that. He he took me over there and and gave me those opportunities. And and as far as I know, I'm the only uh, foreign uh, referee to ever actually work for for, uh, Japanese companies. I mean, wow. actually being, actually being not, 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 I know others have gone over and done shows and tours, but as far as being actually a part of the crew, a part of that part of that company that I think I, I, as far as I know, I'm the only one.
1: That's amazing. Did you actually get the Ribera jacket while you were over there? I
2: did. I did. Yeah. Um, it's almost it, like a ride of pad. <laughs> yeah. I I don't remember what trip it was. It was during that first uh, few months that I, I was over there and, uh, um, and I don't even honestly don't even remember who I was with. I'm sure it was somebody who who they knew, and 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 it was kind of funny. The first time I went to Japan, uh, you know, they know everything over there. They know what's going on over here. They've got guys that you know taking pictures and, and following what we're doing over here. And then when you go over there, they already know everything about you. And, and I, I didn't, yeah. you know, I didn't expect that from me because I was going over as a referee. And and uh, uh, for some reason uh, you know they had it in the magazines and they made a big deal out of it and it, it turned out to be uh uh incredible experience for me um the second trip i went i made over there they uh, um i was just i was the only gaijin I was, it was me and the, and the japanese crew and they after it was over with, they took me to the the, the uh, learning center or the training center and uh kabuki Uh, asked me he said i want you to sit down and write all the terms you know of wrestling every hold every move everything even the parts of the ring and what they were doing is they were taking this and writing it out and using that to help some some of those some of those words don't aren't in japanese they don't don't have it so a lot of a lot of wrestling terms are just uh, english terms and and uh, they were using those things to help kind of teach the the young guys and and that got me into training, guys, uh, because I, I, it, I found that it was easier to show them than it was to just tell them. And and uh, so I got into training that way and and, and involved in that part of, of the business. So it, it, it just led to so many things for me.
1: And World Class was your first gig, right? Yeah. Yeah. What year did you get into? Eighty
2: five. Eighty five. Yeah. That, that, oh, no, I, so I missed cool. I missed all the good glory stuff. You know, I was kind of the tail end of it, you know, but, but, uh, uh, you know, when I, when I started, it was kind of like, uh, things weren't quite as hot as they, they had been, but, but so how did I, you
1: feel towards the end of world-class as it transitioned to, uh, USWA? How did you feel during that
2: period? Uh, it was a little sad in some ways and, and, uh, uh but at the same time, you know, I was just excited to be a part of anything, you know, I, it was, uh. Um, I had become very passionate about it by then, and uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, while Eric Embry was a part of all that transition and everything. That
1: dastardly yeah. Eric Embry yeah. tearing and, down the banner.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and here, here I am working with Eric again after all this. <laughs> Isn't that years. wild? It, you know, it's, it's just, weird. I,
1: I think really most things in life they come full circle if you let it in some sort do, of way. They,
2: they do, they do. But, but you know, it's it's the the good thing about it is is such a great guy. You know, yes, and, and uh, he and, and Kevin—I've been to work continue to work with Kevin. I've been working with him for the last couple of years, and it's just—it's—it's it's so such a natural feel, you know, for me. And uh, I, you know, I was—I was sitting at honest just got back home from West Texas. I was in—I was doing some deer hunting out there, and I literally just got back thirty minutes ago. And uh, <laughs> uh, I was sitting at a deer stand talking to Eric Embry about wrestling. You know. So, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you can't make that up <laughs> no you don't get, you, you, you know it never leaves you you're always there wherever you are if, you, if you're passionate about it you're always thinking about it or doing something with it and, and, uh, and I'm just I'm just really happy to have that opportunity to work with Eric again And but but th- those times were you know the, the wrestling has, has always been cyclical it's gone, it's gone around in circles that, that sometimes it's really hot sometimes it's not and, and at that point in time things in Dallas had really really kind of chilled a little bit Eric helped bring it back and and that was exciting but uh uh it, you know the 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 whole business as a whole was kind of that was kind of going on a downturn and and it was a tough time for, for yeah, wrestling. That, was,
1: that was probably the same time that wWF was even going through it well
2: year. they well, yeah they they had they come in you know of course and I think it was it was 83 or 84 and 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 uh kind of took over everything and and then and then they even had a little issue you know there for a while but but the, and, the, and they're having a little issue now so you know it's it is it goes bit. up yeah 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 well i mean <laughs> if you if you compare ratings then to ratings now although what they were back in those days and what they are now is a big difference but oh yeah, yeah. but you
1: know, it's uh, amazing to me just how much yeah. that's in general. now you have to factor yeah. in DVR yeah so much, i had to account for streaming just so many
2: right areas. so much and so many things for people to watch so many things for people to do uh um, media social media the, the the overall media is is just is such a it, enormous thing these days that you have you to deal with Worry
1: about tv yeah. and hanging flyers in town yeah so was it. yeah it was yeah. it yeah.
2: Now, yeah now you have to have this mega
1: checklist of all these different areas you know but yeah i mean it's a good thing and it's a bad thing because it's you know it's uh a lot easier to reach a wider audience in the sense because it is. You, know, you can get on social media and reach the world
2: yeah you, you, at you the have same to.
1: time they can also watch wrestling at the at yeah. the drop of a dime and yeah. they don't have to go to live events you know but uh, to and me and i'm sure you're the same way like there's nothing like seeing it live no you can watch it all day on the computer on your yeah. tv whatever but it's just never going to be the same
2: no no, it's, 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 it's always going to be different. But you have to accept those things and 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 adjust to them and, and try to make the best of them and do the best you can with it. Uh, I, I, my my philosophy has always been put the best product out there you can put and and, and try to let people you know who's there and and, uh, and and hope for the best. You know, I I have a real strong belief that there's a core fan base out there that longs for a certain type of wrestling that that we can provide on. on this level and doing the things the way we're doing it and and i really believe that i've i am until somebody proves me different you know i'll probably always believe that and I, and that's what i'm that's what i'm hoping for and i'm hoping to be a part of and, and i i know the guys that we have that we can do that
1: absolutely uh you know to me that there definitely is a void for that type of wrestling. And I think you guys touched on it whenever, uh, you know, whenever you were with SWE, I think yeah. you guys touched on that there too. And it showed that there's still a market for that, a big market.
2: Well, you, you, have to, you have to be dedicated to a certain thing. If if you want to try to follow the crowd and try to be like somebody else, then, then you're probably going to fail because they can, they can do it bigger and better than you. If, if they're, if you're talking about uh, WWE or AEW, the guys that, that that are already out there doing that. Uh, so you have to establish uh, 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 some kind of, of of style or some kind of of, uh, of philosophy that 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 core fan base can relate to and and be willing to stick to it and that yeah we we were doing that and doing it successfully we were drawing a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, the house shows were always good and and uh i think that i think that thing works i think it's just something that you have to really be dedicated to
1: yeah you know it's it's people don't understand too you know the difference between you know SWE world class and then like an AEW and WWE uh you know we don't have that kind of staff we don't have uh the resources right. in a lot of ways so right. we have to make everything count
2: uh, yeah and, and and it's such a fine line that you're walking there too all the time you 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 have to you have to do that like you said you have to make everything count and and if anything goes wrong then you know the whole thing can go wrong, and 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 absolutely, it's, it's, you can have
1: five or six really good shows, and then one bad one can just set you so far back.
2: Absolutely, or, or one anything can set you back, and 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 uh, unfortunately, that happens sometimes. You know, you, you try to avoid it, but you know you you, you just uh, you, you're always walking that line. You got to be careful.
1: You know, I think world class and SWE both you get it caught in this dangerous uh, situation because. There's a difference between being an indie company and a major company, obviously. Oh, yeah, and yeah. getting caught in between is a very dangerous place to be.
2: Very much so, because you 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 don't want to be on that lower level, or, or, or at least you want to have the fans look at you in that way, that perception of you being a, a, a lower level. But at the same time, you you, you have to be careful how, what you do when you're moving yourself up that way and putting exposing yourself. And... and and uh, there's a lot of pitfalls. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's dangerous, you know, and, and you have to you have to be careful. But, you know, I I, I feel very, like I said that I, I keep saying this, but I really really believe this. You know, I, with with guys that, that are quality people and in, in, involved, I think that you can you can avoid most of those pitfalls anyway, the major ones, and and uh, that, that's what we're going to try to do.
1: Absolutely. What is your
0: job going to be with uh world-class James? Maybe you guys could, could let the fans know exactly what your role is going to be. I asked Jerry the other day, if you were going to be refereeing, but I guess maybe here and there, but not full-time.
1: Well,
2: I, you know, I, I yeah, I'm kind of like that, that old song, you know, I, I'm, I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. So I, <laughs> good
1: I, song, I, good song.
2: it really is. Yeah. And that, that kind of describes me these days, you know, I, I'm, I've been around a long time and I think I can still work at a, at a at elite level in the ring if, if that need needs to be done. But I, I don't know that I want to do that for six or eight matches a night, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably, I'll probably put the, put the referee shirt on a few times, but otherwise uh, I'll be doing pretty much whatever Jerry wants me to do and, and we helping with Eric and, 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 um, and Kevin in the, in the, the creator side of things. And, and, uh, um, there's there's a lot of things for us to to, to handle. It really is. Uh, uh, we've already experienced that to some degree, and, and and I'm I'm kind of finding my footing. You know, I, I'm I'm just going to try to be the best helper I can be. That's what I'm going to do.
1: You know, I think we're all at this point. We're we're trying to find our footing amongst each other. Yeah. And the good thing is that you know we've all done a lot on our own. And so for us all to come together and, and, you know, the calls that we've had, they they're so harmonious. Like we have no issues at all. There's no egos. All of us are just wanting to put out the best product. And I think that's what it has to
2: be like. You know? and, and that's, that's the important part. You know, that Eric was telling me yesterday when I was talking to him and, and uh, uh, you know, he said, please, you know, if, if, if you see something that, I, that I'm suggesting and, and you think it should be a different way, please sell me. And, and uh, that's the attitude you have to have. That's the attitude I've always had when I'm booking. And, uh, and Kevin's pretty much the same way. He, you know, he's, he's that kind of guy. And, and I, I think that's so important. It's just uh, you can really turn wrestling into uh, or a wrestling organization into a mess if you if you have that kind of uh, contrariness involved, and, and but you can make it a really nice situation if you if you look at it that, that way, the way we're talking about that you're just trying to help, you're trying to be part of the the success.
1: I've always been a firm believer, you know, you want to surround yourself with uh, people that are better than you.
2: People oh, that yeah. have been
1: where you want to go.
2: Yeah, yeah. And,
1: and, and I think the great thing about all of us is we've all done some pretty great things, and we've all done them in different areas, you know, like different time frames, different companies. And so we have all these experiences that we're, all this experience we're bringing together. And, you know, like I said, I, I never care. You know, whenever we have calls and stuff like that, I never care if it's my ideas we use. I just want the best ones. It absolutely. never it never I, matters to
2: me. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and you're right. You know, you can you we, we all have different uh, maybe some a little bit different expertise in different areas. But but and the different experiences, you know, and, and different influences for that matter. But I think all of our philosophies are pretty close to the same. And that's that's the important part. If you're all headed the same direction, then you can take all those things and all those differences and put them together and come up with something pretty nice.
0: Do you guys have uh, any plans since starting December 11th and Irving world-class is going to be running twice a month in the Dallas market, Irving one night, Fort Worth the next? Uh, That's a pretty big... uh, Big thing to take on to come to the same market every single month, two nights in a row. What are some of your your plans to keep the fans coming back?
2: Well, it's it's that that's going to be a trick, to be honest with you. But I, I think that the, I think the the creativity that we have involved and in, in the the people we have here, uh, I, I believe we'll be able to handle that. I think we'll be able to create situations that people want to come back and see. And I think that's the key to it right now. The, the long term thing would be we want to build our own talent and make, our, make those guys uh, as um, desirable to come watch every night as, as they used to, some of the talent that, that used to come out of world class years ago. And and that's that's the that's a long-term goal to do that and to have. Uh, uh, hopefully, uh, I'm hoping that we can have some kind of uh, local media outlet at some point. Um, I'm sure Jerry's working on that or trying to get that done. And that would be a big plus. But but uh, the, I think with uh, I think with the the minds the minds that we have involved, I believe we'll be able to situ- take situations and and create them where people want to come back two nights in a row in, in the same area.
1: You know, I think that we all understand, too, that it's not going to be built or given to us. It's not going to be given to us at first. We're going to have to build it. And, uh, you know, I think we're establishing a good group of people to start building that. You know, I I think one mistake I made last time, and I think uh, SWE even kind of fell to the same pitfall. You cannot rely on name talent to build your company. You can rely on them to help you build your talent. And to get people in initially, but in the long term, it's not going to work. You know, you have to um, whenever you bring people in, you have to think about a return on investment on these people. Right. And, you know, when you have one, OK, you can probably get a return on investment on them. But as you pile them up, you have four or five, six, seven people in the show. Now you're talking a totally different situation. And it, and it's absolutely vital, like you just said, for us to build our own talent
2: absolutely and, mm-hmm. and 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 create situations that people want to come back and see and 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 uh, the, 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 the there's no question that that some of the name talent can help you at least enhance that to begin with or, or along the way but you can't depend on that because you can't depend on them it's that simple
1: absolutely and you know I think we're, we're absolutely working on a uh, local television at the moment. Uh, hopefully, we have that pinned down by uh, December, January. Um, you know, we also have our streaming service. You know, now content is also a thing, too. It, it's amazing how much the business evolves in general. Yeah. You know, and, and now, you know, I mean, it's a good situation to have, you know, to have a content problem. It's a good situation to have because now we're like, hey, we're obviously having demand already. and We have to create the product to get to each one of these uh, forms of media that we need to get stuff out on. And, you know, it's just a, it's a blessing to have you guys be a part of it in general, because I have no doubt that amongst all of us, we're going to put out a really great product that people are going to want to see, and they're going to want to come to both shows. And, you well, know, living yeah. in North Richland Hills are 30 minutes apart, I believe, right. so it will right. be easily accessible for everybody to see both shows as well.
2: Yeah, and, and that's just you know, like I said, it's just a matter of creativity and, and, and uh, situations, and, and we got you know, I mean, we're so lucky. I mean, you, you think about it, Kevin. Kevin Sullivan is one of the smartest guys ever ever in this business. Ever. Uh, WCW. He was he was a mastermind of, of actually. They probably would have kicked Vince's ass if they'd have left him alone. We'd probably all be working for Kevin right now. Uh, <laughs> I would and, be okay uh, with that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I tell people that and that'd been fine with me too. Absolutely. And and Eric, yeah, he proved that he knew how to do that when he was in, in, taking over world class and took it from a time when it was really, really down and just built it right back up again. And, uh, uh, you know, he, he's such a smart guy himself and, and such a good guy. And, and, uh, I think that, uh, I think that the, the four of us probably can put our heads together and come up with some ideas that, that'll work. And I, I, I feel really confident about that.
1: I do too. And, you know, I think um, one thing with World Class the last time that, that people are going to see way different this time with us, uh, you know, we were excellent at putting together spot shows. Right. And, you know, with us making the trend towards more of an episodical TV approach, You know, they're going to see a a big shift in storylines, the way characters are presented, the way the products presented in general. You know, um, before I enjoyed doing all of these different types of shows. I mean, we had like movie crossovers we had football shows, basketball shows. We had spot shows, school shows, every kind of show you could think of. But I think we're attempting to streamline the product and we're going to present a whole product, you know, as a unit that people can tune in and follow the entire thing
2: it it, it is a, a different mindset to to do spot shows and do like you said episodic type situations i think the one advantage we have in some ways is it's going to be easier because we're booked out for a whole year there yes and, and we know we're going to be there uh one of the problems we had with SWE sometimes is we didn't know you know we had like two or three months ahead of time maybe maybe one month ahead of time and, and you can't you can't plan that way you have to you have to know where you're going to be so in order to know where you're going to go and uh, and a lot of a lot of that was a, a difficult situation for us and i and i and i have to say that that a lot of that was during that COVID time too so it was some amazing things done during a very difficult time uh, and, you know, and, my
1: hat's off to you guys. I remember seeing, and I think I told you about it privately when it was all going on, like, man, you guys were doing amazing work during a period where, you know, outside of the major companies, nobody really was running shows. Right. You guys took that, capitalized on it, did it effectively. I mean, it, it was really, what you guys did during that time period, to me anyways, was I thought it was
2: amazing. Yeah, you know, I mean, I know there's going to be people out there that are going to go be haters and that kind of thing, but but you know, if you <laughs> always, th- yeah, always that's the way this business is. But you know, if you think about it, you know, the, that period of time that was a, a source for a lot of guys to get some work that wouldn't have Absolutely. gotten it otherwise. And uh, a lot of people got to see wrestling that they, they otherwise wouldn't have gotten to see, and they got to see some good wrestling. Uh, there, I, I could sit here and tell you some negative things. And be, you know, uh, and tell you some things that should have happened and didn't happen or, or shouldn't have happened. But why? You know, what's the point? Uh, the, the point is is that it, it is what it is. And that's, that's a red best theme thing, by the way. And, and um, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a guy that keeps looking backwards. I want to look forward. And, and I'm, I'm proud of what we got to do and what we accomplished. But I, at the same time, I'm looking forward to doing even more now.
1: Well, I think you said it great. And I I think it comes to, like, you know, the stuff we went through with world-class last time, SWE, whatever. It doesn't gain anybody anything to get on here and be negative about. It It just doesn't. And, you know, I think that's uh, unfortunately a trend in society in a lot of ways. You know, people tend to focus on the negative. But on the flip side of it, uh, you know, you guys had so much to be proud of. And and it's no different than the last run of world-class, you know. You know, I made a lot of mistakes, you know, there's, you know, on the, on the daily, you know, I'm not perfect, never will be, but, you know, my heart is good and my intentions are good. And, and, you know, I feel like our heart was always in our product. I felt like you guys too, the same way, like the product you put out, your heart was in it. You believed in it. You guys did a lot of great things in Texas and there's nothing negative to say about it. You know, I've said it publicly before, you know, sometimes a company just grows too fast
2: that that's another issue that's, that's absolutely true it can, it can happen and you can you can find yourself in a position like what do i do now you know because i don't have the resources to really do what i need to do and uh, you know and that puts you in a bad situation so you have to be careful about that and and uh um, i'm afraid that might have been part of it too
1: I think so. You know, at yeah. one point, I mean, how many different TV outlets and online outlets did you oh guys my got goodness, you I a, lot.
2: a lot? And and you, and you got to, if you have got those things, the only way for them to pay off is for somebody to, for, for the ads to be sold.
1: And people have no idea that have yeah. not done it. And I'm not knocking anybody that's watching for not knowing, but you have no idea how hard it is to
2: sell that ad time. It is so hard. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Even when you're trying to almost give it away, it's hard. And, uh, but, but, and, and two, uh, there's always that aspect that, that do you have all the right people in the right positions and doing the right things? And that's, that's a tough situation too. When you're trying to do everything yourself, uh, oh, yeah. you know, it can, it can be, a, a pretty daunting, uh, situation for you. And, and that happens sometimes and a lot of things fall through the cracks. A lot of people fall through the cracks, uh, mistakes are made and, and, um, you know, it just, it just happens, and, and uh, unfortunately, that, that's, uh, that's a, a, a narrative that you see in this business a lot of times. And, and you know, you, you talked about people being negative, society being negative. Wrestling has always been kind of a, a reflection of society anyway, and unfortunately, that part of it gets involved in this, in this business, too, especially in, in some levels. And, and uh, it's sad, really, that, that, that it happens, but that's just the way it is.
1: It really is sad. I think most of us, you know, we get into wrestling because we love it. But Absolutely. oftentimes, whether it be our lives, whether it be our journey in wrestling, something mm-hmm. along the way, sometimes people forget that. Yeah. And you would think if you're all in something that everybody loves, you would be supporting each other and helping each other instead of tearing each other down. And and not everybody does that, but there's there is a large uh, you know, a large amount of people to do in the wrestling world, and we would be so much stronger in a lot of senses if we were united. And I, you know, I mean, that's just my opinion.
2: Absolutely, I, I, you know, I, I stay involved because I do love it. I'm passionate about it. I uh, think all of us do. I if don't. Yeah. This and
1: you don't love it and you're not happy. I don't yeah. know why you'd mess with it.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, it can be pretty painful sometimes. You know, I I, 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 yeah, I just I don't I don't have to do it. I'm not, I'm a, unfortunately, I'm in a position I don't have to do it, but I want to do it. I want to be, I want to be a part of something that, that's, um, that's positive and, and grows. And, and I'm determined that, that, uh, you know, as long as I can do that, I'm going to try to do it if I have that opportunity. And, and thank goodness for, for you and for world class mm-hmm. that, that I'm getting that, that opportunity again. I'm, I'm, I'm really thankful for that
1: man the, the pleasure is all ours you know we're all very excited to have you on board whenever uh you know whenever we made the call like i immediately felt better about things honestly because i know uh you know me and you can do a lot of great work together you know i talked to tom uh, for those of you who don't know i'm talking about tom lance the owner of SWE. i talked about tom beforehand you know and and uh he couldn't say enough i mean which we already knew each other anyways but, you right. know, tom couldn't say enough about how much you helped him and And i knew good and well that you know me and you could work really well together and and accomplish you know a lot of great things too so i mean it definitely you know i went to eric and kevin and i said you know i really feel like james is going to be a great asset to us and and honestly i feel like he's going to be great for me to work with personally and you know i mean as you know they were they were both so on board with
2: it well that 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 was an important factor for me too you know and and uh and i i just wanted I wanted to make sure that, that they they were good with it and they, they knew that, that my intent, intentions were just strictly to be the best helper I can be. And that's it. I've done that my whole career, basically. I mean, I've, I've had the, the situation where I was the guy, but I also most of my career, I've been the guy that's in the middle and and the guy that helps the guy. And uh, I, I, I'm comfortable there. I don't have a problem with that.
1: Me too, you know, I've never, You know, I don't I don't care. uh, you know, when I've worked other people's shows, I just do whatever you want. Yeah. I don't care. You know, I don't, you know, I don't have that ego. I don't have that pride. You know, okay, if I'm wrestling, you want me to go out and put somebody over? I don't care. (laughs) You want me to, you know, just help you with things in the back or do whatever? I don't care. You know, as long as it's benefiting what what's going on and helping out whoever I'm working with,
2: then great. Yeah, the positive situation. That's all you're looking for, and and that's that's exactly what I'm looking for. And I, I'm, I just feel blessed that that uh, for I had to have the opportunity. To be honest with you.
1: So, out of all the jobs you've had in wrestling, which ones do you or which one do you enjoy the most? Do you have one above the other? Because you wore so many different hats.
2: Uh, these days, I, I probably enjoy the creative side more than anything, and I. I I like working with the talent. I've always I've always enjoyed that. I've I've always been the guy that, you know, the, the when, even back in the days of the sportatorium, you know, they they would come to me and they say, you know, I was just referee, you know, and they they say, well, look, I, I, we want this guy to do this or this, you know, you'd talk to him, <laughs> you know. <I> was <laughs> you guy, were that guy. Yeah, I was <laughs> that guy, you know, and and I became kind of a negotiator sometimes because I'd go and I would know when I would tell this guy, look, I want you to do this, and he's not going to want to do it, and. And so we would find a way to to get around that and go back and make a you know like a counter proposal to the office you know and, and so I'll, I've always kind of been in that situation and and I feel comfortable there with working with a talent in that way but uh, you know I I'd love the creator process it's it's, the, it's probably the most satisfying part of it but I still enjoy being in the ring once in a while you know if, especially if it's with guys that really know what they're doing there's nothing more satisfying than getting in the ring. And knowing that you took everybody for the ride you wanted to take on. Oh, and yeah. and and it worked, you know. Absolutely. It, it yeah. unfortunately, unfortunately, it doesn't happen as often these days as it used to. It used to be just a common thing, but but uh, I, I still enjoy that. Uh, but but I think the creative side of it is my favorite, probably
1: so what's your fondest memories of the old world class if you had to think just a few things like that really stick out to you that made your time there special what would it be
2: oh my goodness uh well i think i i mean obviously the the most the most uh predominant thing about world class was that free bird moderate feud oh my god and still
1: one of the best feuds ever ever
2: yeah um you know, Gary, Gary Hart really kind of started that thing, and then then he left, he got he got pissed off at, at Vince and left. I mean, not Vince, <laughs> Prince and left, and um, uh, Ken Mantell kind of took it over. Um, uh, Gary told me he said he could have messed up that <laughs> no way, but <laughs> but, but uh, I, I think I think probably my fondest memories are, are really of of, of that. Thing, that whole, whole whole situation because it wasn't just the Freebirds and the Von Erics. You know, you had you had Iceman, you had uh, uh, Chris Adams, you had Bruiser and Bruiser Brody involved, uh, uh, Kabuki, uh, One Man Gang. Uh, though, all those guys, it was such an incredible situation and and plethora of of talent. It was it was just and it's so well done for a while. And, you know, I, I, I actually got to put the last three count on, on the whole deal. It, oh, it, wow. it, yeah. And it, it, the last, the last time the Von Erickson and the free Birds got together was at Carey's Memorial. And, uh, I wasn't planning on working at all that night. Uh, we had David Manning coming back in and, and Bronco was coming back in and I was just going to kind of help work in the back and that kind of thing. And, uh, Fritz came up and he, he said, uh, okay, who's referring the main event? And I said, David, and he said, no, you are. And I went, <laughs> that oh, had to feel
1: good. That uh, had
2: to okay. Feel very humbling. I
1: bet. Yeah.
2: And, and, uh, so, uh, technically I got to be the guy that it, that, that helped in that, I guess, you know, put the last three count on it, but, um, uh, th- you know, being in the ring with those guys, uh, such an incredible experience i remember the first time standing in the ring and, and Freebird started and i was like and i don't I honestly i don't get really too uh caught up in those kinds of things i don't i don't i'm not uh, a big mark for anybody in particular and and i don't get that nervous in the ring at all never I, I never have even for the first time but when i heard that that free bird start i could i honestly had chills coming down i mean it was incredible and and you know it's kind of the same thing with stranglehold and then those kind of, you know it, it, <laughs> it's it, just those, iconic oh my gosh you know it just it's such an incredible experience to be standing there waiting for those guys to, you know to come to the ring and, and so th- those memories are 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 something i really hold dear you know in in, in world as far as world class goes and, and working the sportatorium what a, what an incredible experience that was it, it was my home
1: we had Jose on here. He wants to know if you would uh, share a Bronco Lubitsch story. <laughs> I'm sure you have tons.
2: <laughs> yeah, Bronco, he was another guy I consider a mentor, too. He, he was a, such an incredibly smart guy. He knew everything. Yeah, he was one of those guys that that uh, even if he wasn't involved in the creative side of it directly, they would go to him, he and Akbar both, they would go to those guys and say, hey, does this sound okay? That's how much respect they had. Um, there, there's a there's the old uh, rumor that Bronco would count with his feet, but he wasn't really. He, he I don't remember him ever actually doing that. And he but he would lean down and grab the rope and count like this. You know, he'd hold all the ropes and count. <laughs> it, it, you, he just couldn't move that way. But my one of my favorite things about Bronco, and my, a lot of people probably didn't even notice it, was he. You know, he, he, he obviously was an extra wrestler. He was a great great wrestler at one time, and a manager, and then of course he was refereeing and I remember one night and I can't remember who it was in the ring with him, but I remember that they kind of ran into him. It was an accident. They ran into him and he took the most beautiful bump, I mean the classic bump that, that you teach. And yeah. I and I thought, you know, that's just ingrained in this guy. You know, it's just there. And and uh, you know, that was that was one of my more of my favorite Bronco moments because it just showed what, what a pro he was, you know, and, and but he was a he was a wonderful guy, super guy. Um, really miss miss him and the 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 guidance that he gave me over the years
1: Herb Simmons is actually joining us tonight hello Herb hey Herb
2: how you doing man hello, he Herb. wants
1: to know uh what you could share about working Bruiser Brody's matches
2: <laughs> he's a big Bruiser Brody fan yeah <laughs> uh yeah and, and I know Herb her book Bruiser a lot of times in his his promotion up there and Herb oh, seems boy. like a really good guy. He is a super guy, wonderful guy, good friend. I I, I love Herb. Um, uh, the, the the you know, <laughs> you know, it's funny because you think about things that happen in the ring, but but for me, uh, the first time I worked with him, he just told me to stay out of the way, and that's what I did. <laughs> and and he ended up hitting me over the head with something. I can't remember what it was now, but but one one of the things that I remember about about Bruiser is. The, in the in the dressing room, one time the guys were cutting up, and I I, I think it was John Tatum, one one of them, they were just cutting up, acting silly, John doing Tatum, something silly. Please. And Bruiser walked up behind him, and 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 he he looked around and saw him, and he was like, he just stopped. It was that kind of respect. You know, like, okay, I can be silly with everybody else, but I can't be silly with him. It was kind of, those are the kinds of things I remember, you know, those little things out of the way that didn't happen in the ring that, means mean so much. But Bruiser was, uh, he was such an important part of world-class. I mean, he, everywhere else he was considered a, a heel, you know, a bad guy. And here he was a hero. He was, a, <laughs> he was a friend of the Von Erichs. So he came in and took care of business for him and, and, Uh, such a such an incredibly intelligent person and and uh, uh, you know you hear all these rumors about him and everything but he was really not he's not a hard guy to deal with at all if you if you did dealt with him the way you should deal with him and uh, just just uh yeah i i'm sad about even thinking about losing him and you know i think about barbara and jeff and and uh there's no way that should have ever happened but he, he was he was a iconic iconic presence in this business and and uh, uh, uh over in japan when i you know when i'd go over there he was like a god unbelievable unbelievable
1: uh granny holster's with us and she wants to know what <laughs> some of your favorite matches with jbl and and you guys are also very good friends correct
2: very good. Yeah, I talked to him just a couple of days ago. He called me. He got to see Black Bart up in, in uh, some oh. kind of signing thing up in New York. He was all excited. He gave me a call. and We talked for probably 45 minutes. Um, he, uh, my favorite memories of him? Oh, my goodness. I so many because we were such close friends and, and my did favorite. You, did
1: you know whenever he first broke in, did you think he was going to end up being the big star that he was?
2: I knew he was going to do well. I knew he was one of those guys that was going to succeed for, for a couple of reasons number one he was kind of like steve austin was he was a guy that studied the business he paid attention he watched and listened uh and and uh, the other thing was is he had he technically he, he had all the all the skills and and the other thing was is is, is uh he was such a great uh, uh i guess business guy he he understood the business and I knew it was going to make it. I knew he was going to. He do obviously well. understands
1: business in general.
2: Apparently. Oh well, yeah. That's a, that's a <laughs> He's whole other apparently story. a very intelligent yeah. guy. That's a whole other story. he had been very successful, and and uh, his his father was a banker, so he kind of got some of that nat- naturally. But uh, my my favorite it was honestly it was the first time we met. Uh, it, it, you know, and I've told the story. I, I wrote about it in the book, I think, and and uh, he told he actually told the story when he was uh, given the Hall of Fame at. at uh, wwe uh he just showed up at the sportatorium one afternoon uh, we were sitting there in the booking room talking about we, we didn't have a main event because our um uh, our champion was supposed to be, be against somebody else and and whoever it was wasn't going to be able to make it and you know how that is you've been there yeah. uh and and we're sitting there had that re- recently yeah we're rewriting tv to fit that and, and thinking well who are we going to put in this main event you know and the the, the knock on the door and I, I i actually went and answered it and uh there he was and, and he said hi i'm john layfield i'm looking for a job just like that and uh we we came in and we sat down and talked to him a little bit and and found out that, uh, Brad Rankins had been training him and he, he really hadn't had any matches, but he was, he was ready to go. Brad kicked him out of the nest and, um, uh, we looked at each other and, and I think Manny Fernandez was in there and, and we looked at each other. And we just said, uh, you know, he's a big guy, uh, had been trained by, by a, a guy who should know something. And, uh, let's put him in there and just see how he does. And the, the deal was, if he was a shits, <laughs> then, <laughs> then, then, then uh, you know, I'm going, I'm going to tell Rod Price, who was our champion, just pin him, you know, and, and the match would, wouldn't last very long. And if he was really good, uh, or it felt like he had something that we could do something with, then I just let it go. And that's what I did. I could tell within two minutes, you know, that, that we had something. And and we let the match go, and, and uh, yeah, he went through with our champion that night and oh, wow. uh, yeah wow. yeah and 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 uh you know from there on he was he was part of a part of the the stable you know and, and uh uh and we featured him and, and of course he and bobby Duncan when bobby can't start came in we put made him a tag team and, and that's <laughs> that was another one of those crazy things and i took him to japan the first time i took him to japan before i took both of them but I took took john to japan for the first time and that that was a fun experience but uh uh, yeah, we've had so many great times together. Uh, some of them I probably can't tell publicly, but it was <laughs> those are the best ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. But but uh, he, he's a great friend. He still is to this day. And and uh, um, you know that, that's uh, that's another one of those things about this business. And I tell guys when the, when I'm training and when I do do clinics and that sort of thing that when you get through with this business, you you, you may have championships. You may make a lot of money. But the thing you come away with is the relationships, and 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 that's the most important part.
1: Absolutely. For uh, those of you watching, too, James, tell them where they can get your book at.
2: Uh, you can get it on Amazon. Uh, uh, that and I usually have some with me when we have shows. So if, you know, if you want me to, if you want one that way or sign it. I'm trying to. I, I keep telling people I'm, I'm 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 dedicated to finishing the second one. I've got to get it done. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm planning on doing that within the next couple of months.
1: That's fantastic. We got elbow sausage with us. He says he can't wait for the December 11th show. And he wants to know if you have any Steve and Sean Simpson stories.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, great guys, super guys. Uh, uh, Sean, I, I wasn't around Sean as much in the business. He, he, he kind of kind of left it. Uh, he, he toward, the. um, uh, when I was getting in, he was kind of he was kind of getting to the point to where he didn't want to be in it anymore, and he he left. And Steve worked with Steve a lot. In fact, I took Steve to Japan a couple of times, um, which is kind of funny because a lot of people thought, you know, here's this pretty boy guy, you know, that I'm, he's going to get ate up in Japan. Yeah, didn't happen. Yeah, he's a he's just a. I lot mean, that tougher. would have been my first thought. Yeah, he's honestly, yeah he, he hung he hung time. yeah he not only hung but he exceeded yeah he was he was I knew he could he he's a tough guy and uh, don't they own a
1: mattress store or something They
2: do. Uh, they, well they had a couple of them i think and, I, and I'm, I'm not sure if they still have them or not but yeah they did yeah and, and their brother Stuart also yeah yeah that but they're super guys i haven't seen haven't seen any of them in a while i haven't seen steve in in, in a good bit but uh, uh always always a pleasure to be around him a good good super super per- person I wouldn't be
1: surprised if we don't see them at some point in 2022. Eric has already
2: brought it up more than once. Yeah, well, good, good, because he had some, he had some incredible matches with both of them, especially Sean. You know, they they kind of competed for that junior title in, in world class for a while, and uh, um, and had some great matches, and and it would be good to see them all. Yeah, I'm I'm sure what's going to happen is. We're going to have a lot of those old guys showing up in, in, in our world-class, this this version of world-class for sure.
1: You know, that that was always the thing, you know, whenever you take on a name like that, like, yeah, you have to put out your own product, but at the same time, you have to always pay homage and show respect to where it came from. And so, you know, it's always been an important part for me to bring in the people we can, you know, me and Eric, were actually talking about Al Perez too. Oh, wow. Al, yeah. Uh, that, you know, that, my that. thing with Al is, I'm like Eric. I have this problem. Like, if you don't want to wrestle anymore, then don't look like you still want to wrestle. And Al Perez is in that category. He still looks like he, he wants. He still does. To wrestle. Yeah,
2: yeah, he does. <laughs> I, I you know, whenever
1: I'm... before uh, before Animal, Joe Lerner and passed away. You know, uh, you know, we worked together. I think the last year, year or two right. before he passed away, and before that, for a couple of years, we could never get anything accomplished with each other. Because every time we would talk, I'd be like, well, you know, I need you to wrestle. Well, I don't wrestle anymore. Like, well, then why do you look like a wrestler? He's like, what do you mean? Like, if you don't want to wrestle anymore, why do you still like you want, look like you want to? Such a and great guy. And we go round and round about this. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't bring you in for an appearance. I'd only bring you in to wrestle. It's such a great <laughs> And result. finally I came.
2: Yeah, but, yeah Joe, Joe was a great guy. I I really miss him. He, he was He oh, was yeah. fun to work with. fun to be around. Uh, you, you were talking about My Al. Uh, I tell people... I get all these questions when I do other other uh, podcasts or interviews and that kind of thing. They always ask you who are your favorite guys to work with. Al Perez would be right up there at the top. One of the one of my very favorites. Uh, so smooth, so incredibly smooth, and and so believable, and so much fun. He's so he's the most relaxed guy I've ever been in a ring with, and, and it, it's 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 hard to explain to these young guys how you can. Be relaxed and look intense, but Al had it down, you know, he had it all, and uh, uh, yeah, he still got my, it, yeah, he's still he still got he, it. He, I'm convinced yeah.
1: 2022 Al Perez is going to be in world class at some point.
2: He's, he's one of my favorite guys so, to ever, ever step in the ring with for sure,
1: and and no, okay. for
2: that matter, just a good guy too.
1: We got Sunset Moth with us, and uh, he asked, How were the matches you had with Bruce? Bruce Pritchard in 1992 <laughs> and your thoughts on him now and his WWF success. Oh, God.
2: Oh, I was hoping nobody would bring that up. Uh, <laughs> I did, I did the, uh, you know, John Layfield and, and Jerry Briscoe do a podcast together, yes, yes. And and I, I was, I was guest on that back two or three, four months ago. For everybody listening to,
1: how can they find that podcast?
2: Uh, it's on YouTube. Okay. And, and yeah, you can find it on YouTube and, and it, it, it's very entertaining. They do a good job, but, but yeah, John brought that up because they, they're always writing Bruce about something and, and, and they brought that up and he said, I'm going to find that. And I said, I hope you don't, <laughs> it, that was, that was actually Eddie, Eddie Gilbert's idea. He, he came to me and he said, I want you to wrestle. And I go, what? <laughs> he said, "Yeah, I want you. To, I, I don't want you to referee for several weeks. I just want you to wrestle." I said, "What are you? What are you talking about?" And then he had this idea. Uh, hey, man, this. you
1: winged it as a ref. You couldn't yeah. do it as a wrestler yeah.
2: too. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, here, here's the, the crazy thing about that. How it started was it, we had a had a battle royal. Bruce was being a, was a manager at the time, and so we had a battle royal, and uh, uh, I was on the outside of the ring, and. Bruce jumped up on the apron to do something to help one of his guys, and I reached up and pulled his pants down. And uh, unbelievably, he had a pair of, uh, what do they, they call it, teeth, something, you know. It didn't cover much, I'll put it that way. It was, hor- <laughs> it was horrible. It was a horrible sight. And, uh, and of course, I laughed, you know, and I'm, as everything's ending, I'm walking off, and his guys attack me, and he attacked me, and that's how it all started. And we had all kinds of matches, uh, singles matches, boxing matches, had uh, uh, tag matches. Had some, uh, uh, Eddie and, and Terry Terry Garvin or, or Terry Sims were partnering with me, and he had uh, Black the Black Dark Patriot and, and uh, Mike Davis, and I don't remember maybe somebody else, but.
1: We've we gotta find this stuff, man. We've got to find it. Is this something oh, that would be god. in the Mario Savoldi library?
2: Oh, god! we have got that
1: connection. We might need to ask them if they oh, have. Oh, I
2: this. hope you don't, but maybe you will. <laughs> 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 but oh. yeah, it, it was, it was, it was fun though. I enjoyed doing it. It, it was, it obviously wasn't classic wrestling, and, and Bruce and I aren't going to be. We don't go around telling anybody about it or bragging about it or anything, but uh it was fun. It was fun to do something different for a little while, and 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 uh, I, I guess I guess it was entertaining. I hope
1: it must have been. I I would actually I would love to watch it. So I hope it turns up. If it, well, it does, it, I expect you to let us know so we can share it, it with the world. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I, I'm not going to promise anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was. Uh, I've had a few matches over the years, but but uh, that was that was um, you know one of the one of those situations that Eddie came up with. That was it was kind of funny. It was it was fun.
1: We got Henry with us, and uh, he says, "Hey, everyone! I was a big fan of World Class. How did you feel about the sale of World Class to Jerry Jarrett? And how did you feel about Jerry Jarrett?" Uh, I
2: I've always got along with Jerry Jarrett very well. Uh, I got a lot of respect for him. Um, Me too. Me too. And you know, it was it was a tough time. Like I said before, it was one of those times when wrestling was kind of at least at least world class was down a little bit. Uh, Eric had brought it back to to respectability, and uh and pretty much did it on his own, uh, by himself. And and, uh, um, and you know, I think I think probably when that happened, it, it was. There was something fresh needed to happen you know something something needed to shake things up a little bit uh, the unfortunate thing is is the the memphis style and this world-class style are a little bit different and and i think some of the folks had a hard time taking to it really completely uh but but uh um, i had no problem with it myself i i, I, I Jerry Jarrett was a he's, a, he's one of the smartest guys ever in this business as, as well. And um, a guy that I have, like I said, I have a tremendous amount of respect for and, and, and like, and, you know, uh, it, it was just, a, it, you know, it's part of, part of wrestling, man. You know, when re- wrestling is, 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 if you don't want it to change, you're, you've got problems because it's going to change. Yes. And the yes situation is going to change. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, I don't know that a lot of people know this, but we were this close. Jerry Jarrett was actually almost a part of the world class. Now that we're, building. we were this close. Uh, Didn't know that.
2: Yeah. And I have a
1: lot of respect for him too. super nice guy. Very, very intelligent.
2: Yeah. The the thing, the thing about Jerry that, that always, I always remember is, is he said it's all about all about uh, situations or our personal personal situations where, if you can, if you can figure out a way to create conflict, you know, that, that, that then you, you, you got it made because you, you can get people's interest in that. And that, that's how, that was just philosophy, you know, about, about those, those personal relationships, you know, in wrestling where, you know, you got one guy that doesn't like the other guy or one guy that doesn't like what a guy did or a situation that causes that kind of, uh, uh, interaction between the two guys. And that's, that's, um, that, that was his way of, of, of booking and, and he was successful.
1: Yeah, absolutely you know uh, a lot of people might not know this but whenever Vince almost Vince mm-hmm. McMahon almost went away uh, over the steroid issue uh, Jerry Jarrett was set to run the WWF if that happened. Uh, yeah and, and, you know to put that in perspective, mm-hmm. everybody watching this knows that Vince wouldn't trust his product with hardly anybody. So yeah. that should say a lot about Jerry right
2: there. Well, he actually, actually did run it for a while during during the times when Vince was having to step away a little bit. But uh, he, he was yeah, you're exactly right. He was the guy that, that Vince had pegged to do that. And, and uh, there'd probably be a very, very small uh, handful of people that he might have trusted with that.
1: Uh, we got Todd with us, and he wants to know, is there anything else you can add about the transition from
2: world class to USWA? Well, um, the the transition wasn't such such a bad thing from World Class to USWA. I mean, uh, you know, you remember Eric did the thing we tore the banner down and all that kind of thing, and and uh, you know, that, it was a influx of new talent for a while, and 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 some different ideas, and, and uh, that was, you know, that it, it was just wrestling. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't that bad a deal. The, the The sad part about it is is the business side of it got in the way, and and uh, um uh, that didn't last very long. And and uh uh that you know, they don't know how that is. That's that's part of it too. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know. there
1: were uh, yeah. some uh exterior issues with that. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess really interior issues that weren't really wrestling related. They were just right. business yeah. issues that were um I guess the Von and Jerry Jarrett
2: did not really get along. The, well, there there were some disagreements about how things were handled. I guess I, you know, I don't think any of us, except for maybe Jerry and and uh, and maybe Kevin, even know, you know, the the real details about it. Totally, uh, all all we knew is that uh, there came a time when it, there was a cease and desist letter on the on the wall of the, or the door of the sportatorium, you know, and, and 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 that was the end of it. But you know, the funny thing about that is, is I talked to Jerry many years later Jerry Jarrett I'm talking about um, and, and i and I asked him just straight up I said Jerry I, I mean uh, you know you you got to feel pretty negative about your your situation your experience in Texas. and he said no just the opposite that was my favorite time and I and I was like wow you know I couldn't I couldn't believe that he said i loved it he said he said I don't like how it ended but I loved it and, wow. and, and that really shocked me because he was, he was so positive about the whole thing, you know, uh, but, you know, uh, you, you never know, you know,
1: you know, my, my conversations with him, we talked about it uh, loosely, just, you know, we didn't really, we just touched on it briefly. Right. And uh, to me, I think he really was trying to do right by the Eriks, And maybe it was just a, you know, just difference of a philosophical, things about how things should be done, but I don't think he really had any ill intent. You know, I think he genuinely, uh, you know, you know, he genuinely wanted it to work out for everybody.
2: Yeah. And I I don't think, I mean, I don't know all the details about the the disagreements or or what was wrong. I don't know if it was something about money or something about how some things were handled or booked or I don't know. I really don't. I mean, I'm sure some of that was all involved in the whole situation. Honestly, I was going back and forth to Japan by then, and, and uh, so I was kind of in and out. So I didn't I didn't get all the details about it, but but uh, it, it was you know it's just unfortunate you know that that, that happened that way. And, and for you know, Kevin came in and tried to restart World Class for a little while, and he didn't have TV, and, and uh, he ran some spot shows, and I worked with him. But uh, um, it, you know, there was no way to rekindle what he had before. At, at that point in time and then uh, you know two or three months later i got a call from mac and he said we got a new group coming in and that was global and uh, you know that, that was and the, the next chapter of the sportatorium
1: <laughs> what what were your thoughts on global what was uh, your favorite favorite memories of that
2: you know it's kind of weird because it's almost like two different promotions when it, the when it first started up and and, and again I was going. I was staying in Japan a lot. I was going over there, and sometimes I'd stay six or eight weeks and come back. And uh, thank goodness for Ack. Uh, he, he, you know, all those years that I was doing that and working at the Sportatorium, he always kept my my spot for me. I never lost my spot, which is, and it was and I and I always credit that to Ack because he he was always my I guess kind of my uh, uh, my guy. You know, he took care of me and but that when it first came in, you know, it was like, it was going to be this, this, uh, uh, huge deal with all these named guys coming in. And it was for a while. Uh, I mean, when I was, we would do like 16 or 17 matches a night. It was just unbelievable. It was a marathon, but oh boy, uh, yeah, it was horrible. (laughs) It was horrible. But, uh, um, yeah, it was, it was, and then, then of course the the bottom fell out of the money for Joe Petticino, and uh, it was, and it wasn't long before uh, Gray Pearson came in, Max Andrews took over, and and it was like a it was almost like a local promotion again, you know, it was, it was back to being that, and so it was like two different two different promotions almost, but it, same name. Uh, and, and I'm really proud of a lot of the things we did because we, we gave a lot of guys a start we get, and we get the experience. And uh, you just look back on the guys that came out of global and went on to, to become big stars. And, and without that, they may not have had that opportunity. So there, there was a lot of good things that happened with global, even though it was kind of sad that, that some of the, it was, and it was another one of those situations where the, some of the business didn't get taken care of, you know, um, uh, it, it had 200, over 200 syndicated outlets oh, to wow. begin with. Yeah. And, and
1: plus. That's, that's a big deal, especially starting off.
2: Yeah. Plus we had, um, of course, Max Andrews was a syndicator. So he, had, he was taking care of that.
1: He's a really okay. nice guy. I talked to him a couple of months ago. Eric had set that up. I didn't
2: even know where he, I haven't talked to him since those days. Um, yeah. But, he's
1: uh, actually uh, teaching college.
2: Okay. okay. In Stillwater. But he yeah he he kind of he kind of uh, kept it afloat Are we there?
1: Uh, yeah, I hear you now. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me?
2: I can hear you both. What happened to me?
1: Can can you hear us? I can hear you. Jerry, well, he's getting it fixed. Uh,
0: Mick Foley's coming to that big event in Irving. I see see you,
2: Devin, but I can't see anybody else.
0: Oh, I can see Jerry. I can see you. Can you hear me? Maybe take yourself out and put yourself back in.
1: There we go. There there we go. Uh, Yeah, we have Mick Foley coming. Uh, Ten huge matches. Uh, The return of Mark Lawrence, the original voice of world class. uh, Eric Embry. uh, Obviously, James Beard, Kevin Sullivan. Uh, We got the Texas Heavyweight Championship match, the Blood Hunter with Kevin Sullivan versus former WWE star Carlito. We got Danny B versus Kelsey Reagan out of Florida, who's one of Devon Dudley's uh, students that's now been working professionally. Excellent worker. We got the debut of Jenny Santana, WWF Hall of Famer Tito Santana's daughter, uh, against Erica Torres, the former uh, youngest women's NWA champion of all time. Uh, we got Moonshine Mantell and Jacob Fatu, part two. If you missed part one, it's on our YouTube. You can check out their match from a couple of months ago. And this match has serious implications in the heavyweight division.
0: Yeah, a lot of people have been commenting, because I did post uh, this thing from your website with Stefan Bonner as the current world-class pro wrestling champion. A lot of people have been saying, uh, what about Moonshine and Jacob Fatu?
1: Well, you know, um, for those of you that don't know, Stefan, he suffered a really bad injury a couple months ago. He broke his vertebrae, had staph infection on both sides of his spine. Uh, So, you know, we wanted to give him some time to see where he's at recovery-wise. And uh, we're going to take it from there. We should know more on that in the next couple of weeks. Uh, He's getting better, thank God. And, uh, you know, it's just a very serious injury. You know, whenever you get hurt, you have to go check it out because you never know exactly what is going to happen with that. And that's kind of the case with that. Uh, We got AEW star and world-class star. Fuego Del Sol versus Gideon Vane. That match should be very good. Uh, we got MLW star Gino Medina versus former WWE star, SWE champion Charlie Haas. That match is going to be amazing. James is very
0: familiar with Charlie Haas as well as he's back with us again.
1: I'm not hearing you. We can hear you. Can you hear me?
0: I guess he I can't can- hear us, but we're we're we've done over an hour now anyways. so maybe we could just call it. Uh, a podcast and have james back on another time
1: yeah we can do that uh yeah i feel like we still have we, we still have a lot to cover <laughs> but if
0: he can't hear us i don't know
1: yeah yeah i can't hear you i don't know if you to hear me or not yeah we can hear you, you we can okay. hear you
0: um, well we might have to add this because if he can't hear us we're a little screwed <laughs>
1: yeah we'll go ahead and uh, plug everything before we get out of here um guys don't miss uh christmas star wars december the 11th at southern junction in irving but I,
2: can't, I can't i can't hear what devin is saying right now but...
1: you can or can't i guess he can't he can hear Devin, but he can't hear me um yeah don't miss christmas star wars december 11th at, at southern junction in irving texas Tickets are on sale right now at worldclassprowrestling.com or on Eventbrite. You can also get them off the Facebook event link. Um, We hope to see everybody there. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, You can follow James on all of his social media outlets. You can pick up his book via Amazon, or you can get it in-person and signed at the show. Um, Let's see. You can follow, follow World Class. Oh, we heard you that time. Can you hear us? No, you still can't. Okay. Follow World Class at World Class Rev on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us on Facebook at World Class Pro Wrestling. Thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Uh, We'll definitely do a part two with James so we can get everybody's questions answered. Thank you, guys. Be good to each other. Love each other. Before
0: you go, we didn't talk about this last week, but Sting is coming to Wichita February. I forgot all about
1: Sting. I forgot all about him. (laughs) No, we're excited. I'm so excited to have the Stinger back. Um, It'll be our first time to have Sting in Kansas, February 27th at the Cotillion. Somebody asked earlier when we're returning to Oklahoma. I actually found out yesterday. I've just been really busy and forgot about it. Um, We'll be returning to Oklahoma February the 12th in Broken Bow, Oklahoma. So you guys won't want to miss that as we return to one of our favorite places. And we will actually be back in Cleveland. Uh, Is that what that town's called? Um, Yeah, I think it is Cleveland, Oklahoma. Uh, April the 29th. We've had a show there before. We'll actually be back there. Um, That that will definitely be a TV taping in Cleveland. So we've got a couple Oklahoma dates on the books. Uh, As we talked about earlier, we'll be in Irving and North Richland Hills every single month. We'll also be at WrestleMania weekend. You won't want to miss us there as we're working on something really special for everybody. Um, Thank you guys for all your support, like always. God bless everybody. Have a good night.